All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Stay Paid, the sales and marketing podcast from Reminder Media, where we talk about the actionable ideas to help grow your business so you can live a life of freedom tomorrow, but only if you take action today. My name is Joshua Stike, Vice President of Marketing here at Reminder Media. And with me, as always, is Luke Akery, President of Reminder Media. Hello, everyone. And today I am catching my breath because yeah, I catch have a bit of cold. But we are also <laughs> going to be talking about perfecting your sales pitch. Now, this is a topic I've been wanting to dig into since we went to a financial advisor conference in June, and I got to witness three of our best salespeople in real time edit and perfect their sales pitch based on what was working and what people were engaging with. And what fascinated me so much was that I know that you guys know the sales pitch. Yes. Our well, pitch, we hope we do. Our pitch doesn't really change a whole lot. It changes per industry a little bit. Yep. But what was so fascinating was watching, because we were there for three days, yep. and over the course of the first day, and then overnight, there was discussion about the pitch. And then the second day, <laughs> and watching like actually in real time what people were engaging with. Yeah. And what was what was so interesting that I think we can kind of lay out for our audience a little bit, or at least walk, walk through the framework, is recognizing what was capturing people's attention. And it was a cadence that you guys were building. Mm. It was this cadence of what's the perfect intro that's going to keep someone just captured with me for 30 seconds, right? Yep. And then after I've used up those 30 seconds because I asked for 30 seconds. Correct. What's the next thing that's going to get them to kind of nod along and, and go with me through the next 30 seconds to a minute? Yeah. And that's kind of, I don't know what the secret behind that is or what. Well, first of all, it's, it's really always interesting being like the leader of a company. And a lot of times, and maybe we have some listeners, anybody from Banker's Life listening to this, shout out to you guys because you guys were amazing at the conference. It was a Banker's Life conference. It was an incredible conference for us to go to. But one of the interesting things about being the leader of a business is a lot of times you get away from doing the sale. Yeah. Like there's a, and especially if you're building maybe your real estate business or you're building your insurance business, like it's not that you want to necessarily, although some of you might be tempted to, it's that you just get torn away by all the administration work and, and all the stuff that you have to do that is not sales oriented. And so you get a little rusty. So I remember flying down on the plane and thinking to myself, you know, because I pitch all the time, but thinking about it, I got to close when I get down there. I got to close at this conference because if I don't close, I'm coming back to a sales floor that's going to basically butcher me. I mean, they're going to mock me and ridicule me. So it was interesting getting down there because what Josh is saying was so true. I remember basically when we got to the conference and the first day we started pitching, maybe that evening, I guess it was. Yeah. So the first thing we had a couple of people come up to the booth and I did what everybody does is basically people come up to your booth and you basically resort to what you know the best in your memory, mm. which is technically like our simplistic what, how, why mm -hmm. pitch. Mm -hmm. And I what remember we do, yep, what we, we do, do how it, we do it and why, why it works. works. Right. So we that's the process we've built for our sales callers. Of course, you have an intro. Right. So you have your intro, you're dropping your leverage and then you do this kind of hey, Well, here's what we do. Here's how we do it. Here's why it works. And then you assume the close and, you know, overcome objections and stuff. I remember doing that pitch to a couple of people that came up to the booth. Whew, it did not go flat. well. It fell flat. And I thought to myself, I go, oh my gosh, this is going to be bad. And I remember... Why did it fall thinking, flat? Which that, here's yeah. the thing. So I, when I gave the pitch, what I realized right away was that the people in front of me had what I like to call 
they had no context. Yeah. So that's, like, that's the first word that came to my mind. Yes. Yeah. Con- so, yeah. I, so I grew up in church. It's interesting, but you, you, they teach you right when you're studying the Bible. They teach you you have to you know study things in context. Yeah. You can't take things just right in that one page. You got to understand the context because the context dictates the principle or the lesson, right? Mm -hmm. So it's the same really in your sales pitch. What's interesting is that you have to think in your sales pitch, what is the context that this prospect is in right now? Or mindset, maybe is a better word for it. What is the mindset that this prospect is in? And even before that for your pitch, who is the person you're actually pitching? Because we work with over 140 different industries or have worked with over 140 different industries. Our power trio is real estate, insurance, and finance. So my main source of pitching and and when I'm interacting with people is all about real estate. So my mind was still in the mindset of real estate. The context I was in was not the context of a booth in a conference in Orlando, Florida. It was the context of a phone. The phone call. Right. What the so, leverage points would normally be on a phone call, whether correct. it's a lead incoming or you're using something like our presentation or something as the intro to kind of a jumping off correct. point. Correct. Or I had but done These, these webinars. guys are literally walking up being like, who are you? Reminder media. Who is this? Correct. What, what is this? And they're, they're affected by the imagery. So how do you, like, what am I saying that applies to your business? Well, you have to realize the context and the setting you're in dictates so much about your pitch dictates even the script because maybe we'll talk a little bit of how I changed the script a little bit dictates the tone the flavor in your delivery think about yourself as a real estate agent when you're on a phone call and you're calling a bunch of leads it's a lot different of a context than if you're in the living room at a listing presentation and your delivery the the way you got to carry yourself all changes. And the mistake I made, which is, you know, a common mistake for salespeople is I was, I was, I didn't prepare myself mindset wise to go, what is the context of this person? How are they going to feel when they come up? And then even before that, who is this person? What are their pain points? What are, I know the standard pain points for people who are, you know, needing to buy our product, which is, Hey, look, they need a touch point system that doesn't get thrown away. That actually makes it past the trash can. But really understanding the pain points. And so what happened was when I started pitching these people, all of a sudden I started to realize before I even get to the value proposition, I've got to share very quickly with these people some type of attention grabber and story of who I am and why they should listen to me. Mm-hmm. So instead of literally going in and going, hey, look, you know, we're Reminder Media. What we do is we actually help you connect to your key relationships, which would be your top 50 to 100 people that are responsible for the majority of your business to referral and repeat transactions. Instead of going in that way, I all of a sudden started to realize this person in front of me, they don't really care what I do. They want to know who I am first. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when you're on the phone or in certain uh, contexts, you don't have to tell you who you are, believe it or not, because they don't care about who you are. They just want to know what you do. Yeah. But in this context, they wanted to know. And so then I had to incorporate the story very quickly of who we were. Yeah. And that's when I basically started sharing, hey, look, we've been doing this actually for 15 years. Right. And then... Immediately, I did what Grant Cardone taught me when I started watching his content and stuff, is you need an attention grabber. Mm -hmm. You need what Zig Ziglar, I think, would say it's a power statement. It's a bold claim. Something that just 
pops out across the screen to them. And that's when I started evolving in my pitch is I started going, okay, I need to tell my story and set the context, which was, hey, my name's Luke. You know, let me give you my 30 seconds. Basically what it is, is we've been in business for 15 years. We started in real estate. We work with over 30,000 realtors, but we've been blowing up in insurance <laughs> and finance. Now here's the now that came through when yeah. it was the end of the first air. <laughs> The end of the first day the, was the blowing up. The blowing up. By the end of the first day, I figured that I figured out very quickly that I needed to make them feel like, wow, this is something really amazing yeah. happening right now. So the truth is, blowing up's a relative, I guess, uh, term. So yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> I'm not saying we're not. There's up. degrees right. of blowing up. But the point being here is I'm making a joke because blowing up, meaning like, are we exploding in financial and insurance? We're adding more financial service customers this year than we ever have. Correct. Right. But it's not like we're adding 20,000 financial services professionals. But I realize it's that bold claim. It's that confidence. It's that statement of basically selling, hey, not only are we blowing up because we are, it's true. We're selling more now than we ever have before, but I'm stating something to them that this is about to get big in banker's life. This right. is about to get big at you guys' conference. FOMO. Right, right. You're, exactly. you're presenting the fear of missing out. Right. Yeah. And so telling them, doing that attention grabber, that bold FOMO. statement of basically, yeah, the fear of missing out. FOMO. Giving that attention grabber, that bold claim, hey, we have been blowing up in 20, uh, since 2010 in financial insurance, and we've been working specifically with your company, mm-hmm. right? And what I did to evolve the pitch is I then started to lay out a quick little story. Right. Because story selling is, or creating a story, I believe, is key for grabbing attention. So after you've made your bold statement, how do you intrigue someone from an attention standpoint to make them interested to hear more? So I told a quick story that basically shared, how did we get here? Mm -hmm. How did we actually come down here to Orlando? So how does this apply to you as a real estate agent? Think to yourself when you're evolving your pitch for like your listing presentation, and I shouldn't just pick on real estate agents, should be insurance agents, whatever it is. Maybe you're actually like, um, I think of power home remodeling, which sells like home um, remodeling. So they're doing like kitchen remodels and stuff like that. Think about the context of where you're at. Maybe you're in the living room of someone's home, right? And what story can you tell very quickly of how you got to this living room? It was super effective for me to tell the story that we've been working for over a year with Mm -hmm. Bankers Life, trying to get it to where we're approved on their platform, where it's turnkey. So I'm throwing some value proposition in there when I'm explaining the story, but approved on their platform. We've been working for over a year. So I made it seem like it's a it's a dramatic. We've been pushing for this. We actually learned about you guys through about you guys through another company that led us here. And it's been a year of hard work to bring us to this climax, to this moment (laughs) that we're blowing up. So what I'm doing here is I'm setting this tone. I'm evolving my pitch to go, let me share with you how I ended up in your living room today. Yeah. Right. And I'm setting excitement because one thing I know about sales and one thing I know about like people buying is they don't want to be the uncool kid on the playground. Yeah, And if you can make them feel in your pitch, when you're sharing with them the story of how you got here, that they would be missing out if they didn't use you as the remodeling company and they chose another remodeling company or they didn't use you as the real estate agent, that they would be the uncool kid on the playground. You've hooked them. And this is why we love TV shows. This is why we love watching Netflix and stuff, because you want to you be part of the story. Right. Like, you want to know the ending. 
okay, well, what does this mean for right. me? So Not we've been blowing up in financial services. We have been blowing up. It has been amazing. We've worked for over a year to get to this point in time. So bold claim, we're blowing up, baby. And you're going to miss out if you're not part of this. It's been a long road to get here. But let me then tell you what this means for you. And that's when it comes in the value proposition, which is was pretty standard. I don't know when you were watching well, I it think if you what felt happened, it was standard, um, me it, getting into the value proposition part. It was standard, part. but because it, was, it, it aligns with, like we mentioned before, our what, how, why. And this is something that, you know, the reason that we're um, kind of focusing specifically on this topic is because this is very much in terms of in-person presentations and whenever you're selling or meeting with a client in person and how you're using the environment and those context clues to help push your own your own narrative and your own uh, pitch forward. But um, what was what was interesting was you didn't even necessarily, I think like you said, you started off with the what, how, why, but what you did was you actually took our three internal value propositions that we use. So when we build products here at Reminder Media, we have three things that everything has to run yes. past in order to, in order to pass. Yeah, this is good stuff. I Reminder love these Media. three things. It has to be the highest quality out there, right? It has to be turnkey and easy to use. And it has to deliver ROI for our clients. Um, and so we we use that as a metric for everything that we create or every idea that we have for something that we'll produce. And that actually ended up getting pulled into the pitch, which I had never honestly heard before. I don't know if we use that on the phone today or what, but I had never sure. heard that specifically being yep. used and then immediately applied towards. And you're one to one. You're face to face now. There's a trust. There's yep. an expression of uh, what is a 70 percent of of. Um, communication is body language, nonverbal yeah, body not, language. Yeah. So now all of a sudden I'm putting out these value propositions, but I'm holding myself accountable one-to-one. I'm saying, if I don't make something turnkey and easy for you to use, yep. I failed you. If I can't produce you ROI, I failed yep. you. And if I'm not producing the highest quality out there in the market that makes you look as best as you can, then I failed you. And there's so much there's so much trust, I think, that gets built then because now they've met you and whether it's you as the president or it's another salesperson there, another individual representative of the company um, or you out there pitching to your clients. You know, that's something that you are setting yourself up to be accountable and people are going to trust you when you put yourself out there. Well, like a good that. tip for everybody right now is that like your value proposition right now, is it succinct? Can you explain it? I think it was Damon John if I'm giving the credit right, he basically says with your value proposition. So when you get to the point where someone is like, he explains the scenario of imagine this, imagine you get in a subway and the CEO of the company you're dying to get in front of gets in the same subway as you and looks at you and goes, Hey, hey. I'm Luke. What do you what do? do, you do? <laughs> right? So imagine that happens to you. Ask yourself right now, when you're listening to this, are you prepared? Are you prepared to give the value proposition in that subway ride or in that elevator ride is the common story, right? Which is that 15 seconds, 30 seconds. And Damon John gives the tip that if your value proposition cannot fit on a business card, it's too long. Mm. So if you, or if you can't explain your company or who you are within two to five lines, it's too long. So I think what we saw when we were pitching at first with our what, how, why, and there's nothing against the pitch we were giving but it was falling flat because it wasn't succinct. It didn't have the proper context. It didn't have the, the real knowledge and pain points of the audience. And as we learned through the evening of pitching, we started looking. I literally started learning on the spot. Like literally, I would see their eyes light up. 
I would register it in my brain. Wow, that really made an impact. Yeah. And by the end of the night, we had really taken our value proposition and made it into really a succinct statement mm-hmm. of this. It's going to be turnkey, easy for you to use. But it wasn't just these statements of turnkey, easy to use. It has to produce ROI for your business, has to be the highest quality. It was tying that still back to the context of who this person was. Well, and what their pain points are. I actually missed I missed a step there. I'm looking through my notes now, and um, I actually missed a step after that first 30 seconds is the pain point. Yes. Before even laying out the value Correct. proposition, I completely missed it, which is probably why you were looking at me Well, no, like, but my smiling. point was... Because what you're doing is you're laying out a pain point for them, and actually you're pointing to our booth behind us that says, like, I don't have to convince any business owner. Yes. We'll that, put a picture of the booth so you guys can see it. Right. So if you go to staypaypodcast.com, you'll be able to see a picture of our booth. So, Andrew, if you could get a picture of our booth up there, that would be awesome. But it was basically like, so every time I talked, business owners, I never had to convince them that that they have to follow up with their clients if they don't want to lose them, mm-hmm. right? And then you get the laugh. And the minute that you get that laugh or that chuckle or something, you know that they know what you're talking about. Now, Correct. if they don't laugh and they just kind of stare at you, where do you go from there? I don't know. This is kind yeah, of where yeah. you would have the expertise. Well, I chased them down. When they tried to walk chased. away from me, I chased them down. Literally, but I actually followed them. You lay that pain point out and whether, you know, whatever your industry is and, and those clients, we talked uh, last week about reading the reviews to find out what your clients are saying um, online and helping, you know, using mm-hmm. that to help identify your pain points. Once you find that, and you're going to have to try multiple ones, we had it plastered up on our booth display. So we were sure we were kind of locked into that one yep. and it worked because it worked visually. But once you find that, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for that acknowledgement of, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've well, that's that. what makes you valuable ultimately to the prospect. So just like reiterating for you guys, as you're hearing us talk through this, our experience at Bankers Life, this conference and how we involved our pitch on the fly, really the things we learned really quick is, you got to know or your script and you got to be prepared for the audience you're about to talk to. Seems like a no brainer, but the reality is, is we do not tailor our pitch specifically to the people we're in front of. Then on top of that, you got to know the context of the state of mind of that person. Because if you're talking to someone who obviously you're in the living room with, there's a different context than if you're talking to someone who's never heard from you before and you're calling them on the phone. So your script has to evolve to the context of the setting you're in. Third was you have to make sure you have an attention grabber that will grab them and pull them in a power statement. We're blowing up in finance and a story that explains why you're here today. And the story obviously should then tie back. And then fourth is what Josh is talking about, which is how do you frame up your value proposition that's tied back to the pain points? And what was amazing was because we had the booth behind us, we were able to literally point to our booth, which had our pain point right on it, which is, you know, never lose a client again because you didn't follow up. We were able to point to that and almost make fun of it in a way like if you're a business owner and you don't understand this pain point, I can't even talk to you. And that made people even more interested. But when we stayed at the value proposition, those three things, which is it's got to be turnkey, it's got to have ROI, it's got to be the highest quality. We tied those value propositions back to their pain points of the context of where they were at and the audience of who it was. Turnkey. So financial advisors, guess what your biggest pain is? Compliance. Hate to say that if we have compliance officers listening, <laughs> but the point is, sales, the financial advisors, they their pain know. point is getting through compliance, right? <laughs> so we would tie back our value proposition to the pain point. It's got to be turnkey. We've worked with Bankers Life to make this super turnkey so you don't have to worry about compliance. Boom. Yep. Right? So then when we move along, it's got to be the highest quality. Then what I would do is literally pick up our magazine right. and go, it's got to be the highest quality. Here, feel this. Tell feel me this. what you think. Yeah. 
right? And so I wouldn't even pitch. I would just let it speak for me. And then third, it's got to produce return on investment. And the reason why I focused on that one was because every single one of the people in front of me, what I realized very quickly is that all of them did not want to be sold. Now, I know that seems like an obvious statement, but they don't want to be sold They just want to have a direct statement or someone just talking directly to them. And this really leads me to the fifth point. But I would literally harp and go, everything I've said does not matter. Right. If I cannot produce you return on investment. Yes. Everything else does not matter, which is the fifth point, which is how do you then evolve your pitch Based upon this framework of knowing your audience, what context are they in? What's your attention grabber in your story? What is your value proposition, your pain points that you're tying back? How are you evolving that to match where you're in front of and what you're doing that day? How do you then create urgency Mm. and tie the urgency? And this was awesome at the conference. What we started doing is we were offering a deal like most people do at conferences for people to sign up. We would sign people up and then get that person to then go and be an army of salespeople for us and go recruit people to bring them back to us and said, if you can get people to come to our table, we'll give you free magazines is what we told them if they sign up. And so we use the place where we're at to evolve our normal referral pitch is just, hey, look, we work off referrals just like you do. You know, obviously, I'm not looking for everybody in your office, but I'm really looking for that one person you think really gets the value of connecting with their key relationships consistently to drive referral and repeat business. Who's that one person that comes to mind, Josh? That's our normal referral pitch to ask for referrals. This time we evolved that to actually match the context of where we're at, to leverage the uh, place that we're at, to change our script, to go, hey, we have a referral program that will give you free magazines. If you actually go and get other people at the conference, we'll give you even more magazines. And we started getting a little army that enabled us. Not only did we use that to change our referral pitch, we used the urgency of the context of where we're at to close the deal. Mm -hmm. And how I close the deal, and I don't know if you remember watching me do this, but I would tell them, hey, the reason why we're here is because we want you to sign up. Right. Imagine if you as a real estate agent, yep. Imagine if you as a real estate agent sitting on their living room couch said, hey, the reason why I'm here is because I want to list your home. Yeah. Stating your intent. I tell real estate agents to do this all the time. How refreshing is it to to have that authenticity and that that truth just laid out there? If the person coming to pitch you to remodel your kitchen literally sat down and the first thing they said is, Josh, thank you so much for having me here. Hey, the intention I have today is I want to remodel your kitchen. (laughs) I want to be that person. And everything I share with you today is in that intent. Yeah. How good would you feel? (laughs) It would feel, it would be refreshing. It would. Now, there was the other thing that you did, um, and just to kind of, uh, this, I noticed sometimes if those first, you know, the framework that you laid out, the five things you just went over weren't working, you would drop success stories, which I think is important. Yes. Thing to, to, I actually to have mention. that written down. I'm oh, nice. So, yeah. But actually saying like, and here's here's two two ways that financial advisors are being successful or two yep. ways that insurance brokers, insurance agents are being successful with the magazine. You'd actually walk through a couple scenarios. Yeah, I'm um, basically showing off your customer success Yep. Um, because obviously we can say all day what we think about ourselves, but what truly matters is what our clients think about us. Right. And so very succinctly sharing with them, <laughs> hey, look. This is how I believe I can help you. And this is how I believe I'm better than everybody else. And this is why I believe you should use me. But then stating, 
But the two things we're hearing over and (laughs) over and over again, I said the two testimonials that are coming out of the financial industry from our clients are as follows. And I would give them the two examples. So I would share with them, this is what you should expect. You should expect this. It's not my words. It's literally the success stories that are coming from our clients. And so when you think of your listening presentation, you can share with them. All day long, your 20-bullet point marketing plan to get their listings sold. They appreciate that. That's very logical. That doesn't mean they're going to pull the trigger and make the decision. You need to appeal to the emotion that's going inside of them that says, why should I trust you? Mm -hmm. You need to call that out. You start with, hey, my intent is is to sign a listing today with you. Here's why you should choose me more than everybody else. Here's why I'm better than everybody else. Here's why I think it's going to work better than everybody else. But let me tell you the most important fact. The most important fact is not what I'm saying about me. It's what my 10 other clients have said. And here, let me read some of them to you and let me actually show you what they are saying about me. Because that overcomes the fear that everybody has when they're trying to buy something. See, people buy on emotion. They don't buy on logic. They're convinced on logic. They buy buy on on emotion. emotion Because what happens is, is you know logically that this probably makes sense. You still don't know emotionally if it's the right decision. What if there's something I don't know? (laughs) That's what goes on in your brain. What if there's something I don't know? You have to make sure you evolve your pitch to make sure you're reading the room correctly, reading the people correctly to make sure you're saying to them things that overcome that fear. Now, I will share a story. If any of you guys follow me on Instagram, you should. It's at Luke Acre, but I shared this yes. where I lost yeah. a deal Yep. because I didn't evolve fast enough. This the bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, I think. Yeah, that's, fable. that's actually a good fable. Yeah. Yes, that's true. I didn't think about that. <laughs> but I lost a deal. Rookie, rookie move. I didn't evolve fast enough. Here's what happened. I had three people in front of me. And I pitched them and I gave them this pitch. And this was after I had cleaned it up. So I knew my audience. I knew the context. I had an intention grab them or had a good story. I gave the great value proposition, tied it back to the pain points, used the urgency of the conference to close the deal. So I evolved my pitch to match exactly where we should be based upon the info that I got the night before. Yep. Three people in front of me got down to the end. Um, one person pulled out their credit card. I caught it by the corner of my eye and I stopped my pitch. That was the right move. Because remember, the first person to speak when you ask for the order is the one who loses, right? Mm-hmm. So you, when you ask for the order, you just shut up and look at him, smile. I need your okay here and just smile and nod at him, right? Because yeah. they're feeling, the, and if you say something, then you lose. But the point being is I saw the credit card. I stopped pitching. I said, all right, let's do this. I was, you know, not even finished with the pitch, but I saw he was ready to go. So I said, let's do this. Got you with me. I forget their names. The person in the middle, I said, hey, you're going to sign up? And he stepped forward and said, yes. But I could tell it was shaky. Mm -hmm. Then the third person was a no. And it was like, hey, you're going to just, no, not going to do it. And the mistake I made is I didn't read the room correctly. I didn't evolve well enough. I focused all my attention on the no all my attention into this no, thinking that if I got this no, oh my goodness, I'm going to get a three banger. Watch right. Josh behind me. He's going to be super <laughs> impressed. I'm going to brag to the sales floor, all that good stuff. But you're already writing Monday morning's yes, meeting. Already writing head. the meeting and my, all the accolades because I'm a salesman. But the point being is I focused all my attention on the no and the guy in the middle really wasn't a solid yes. He had stepped forward because of the peer pressure of the situation. If I would have focused all my attention and read the room correctly on the yes, and not focused on the no, I probably would have got two deals, not just one, because what happened is the third guy didn't do it, and he convinced the middle guy not to do it. And I ended up only with one deal because 
I didn't focus on what I had in front of me. I focused and got greedy on what I didn't want. So learned. Oh man, it was it was insane. But what happened from that, right? And talk about evolving your pitch. Literally a couple minutes later, probably 10, 20 minutes later, I closed a four banger. And I closed a, a four, maybe, maybe I shouldn't call them four bangers, but I closed four people, right? I closed four people, but because I learned, I learned immediately I shouldn't do that. I went out, filmed a video of the stupid mistake I made, right, right. come back in and I closed four people. This is not to brag. It's to realize that, hey, I evolved. I'm, I'm constantly, you know, I put down here, practice, refine, repeat. Yeah. I'm constantly in my mind going, hey, how do I refine? Where did I lose right there? How do I practice that? How do I not do that again? How do I refine this? How do I repeat, you know, not the mistake, but repeat over and over again so I refine this and get better and better and better? And I ended up getting four because I ended up concentrating when I got the four banger. I got the guy to step forward, got the other guy to step forward, focused all my attention on them. The other two fell right in. Even though one was still shaky, they <laughs> fell right in because I learned from that. So just kind of- It's a great sales lesson. Oh, I mean, it's a, yeah. It's, it's basically like- most people think of their scripts as you got to say these words and you're only going to say these words. And if you say these words every time, you're going to close the deal. That is not how sales works. Yeah. Scripts are used as guidelines. It's something, it's a security to blanket. Keep you something on to course. come back to. Yes. Correct. If you need to, if you get lost, if you get lost along the way, come back to that. You at least have your talking points. I'm a fan of processes. Yeah. I believe more in bullet pointed steps than I do believe in like scripts. Even though I'm not against scripts at all, and I've memorized a ton of scripts in my career, it's more that a script is there as a guideline, but nobody, and I've said this all the time, no actor has won an Academy Award or an Oscar by literally reciting a script. Right. They put their inflection into it, their personality into it, they feel the moment, right? Yeah. So they're in there, they're filming, and I can't even imagine filming. When I film above the noises, they're freaking crazy because the camera's like right in your face, and I'm like, how does Brad Pitt actually act emotional when he's on film? I don't know how he does it, but that's why he wins awards. The yeah. point being for your sales lesson is the script is a living, evolving thing that you got to know the context. You got to know the audience. You got to match your script to the pain points. It's a guideline that tells you, yes, this is what I do. This is the road I should stay on, but I've got to add the inflection, the tone, the personality, the feeling, the emotion based upon the context of where I'm at. So try and button that up real quick. Just the five, five, six bullet points that we ran down. So here's like, if you're looking at your script right today and you're saying, how do I apply this to my business? Luke, you guys have shared with us your story of going to a conference and where you've, you saw your script evolve and it was in a neat, a neat process. We ended up closing 43, I think it was 43 43. deals at that booth. And here's what we did. We immediately figured out, Hey, we didn't really understand the audience like we should. So who's your audience? Ask yourself that question. The listening appointment you're going into, who's the audience? Who is that person? Mm -hmm. Any pain points you can get on those people, you got to get them. What's the context? What situation are you in? Banker's Life Conference is going to be a ton different for us than a Keller Williams Conference. It's a different audience, but it's a different context, right? Even the, the context is determined by the location. Yeah. So what's the context? What's your attention grabber for that context? Claim, yeah. What's your bold claim, your power statement? How are you hooking people in? How are you tying that attention grabber into a story? Fourth, what is the value proposition with the pain points that match the audience in the context? Mm-hmm. Because you want to make sure your value proposition pain points match the audience in context. And then last but not least, because it's the most important, how do you use the context that you're in to create urgency to help you close the deal and change your close. Beautiful. So there you have it. An actionable framework for how to perfect your sales pitch in person and more importantly, on the fly. Thank you so much for listening. 
If you liked what you heard, please consider giving us a five-star rating on iTunes, and please leave a comment if you learned anything today and are applying it in your own business. To get new episodes of Stay Paid Weekly, subscribe in your favorite podcast player. Make sure to follow Reminder Media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'd love to talk to you there as well. We also post weekly coaching videos on YouTube. You can search for Reminder Media and look for the Above the Noise series. And also, like Luke mentioned, check him out on Instagram, at Luke Acre, for more coaching advice and even the occasional rant for yes the, day. the occasional rant maybe it'll be about occasional workout video, <laughs> workout video. <laughs> for this episode of stay paid i am joshua stike and i'm luke acre guys and i'm gonna close with this is that you know the script is only as good as you make it your own and practice it so my action item for you guys is to put your script on the table and start practicing and start refining your script to match your next appointment. So if you're a real estate agent, maybe it's a listing appointment. If you're a home remodeling salesman, maybe it's that remodeling. Match it to where you know the person you're going in to see, what their background is. You know the context of the situation because you've actually studied how you got this lead. You have planned out your story and attention grabber, all those good things we talked about on the podcast. Take the time to do that for your next pitch, because if you put in the work, then you will see the results. Difference between a top producer and a mediocre producer is top producers take action. So take action on that today and stay paid, baby. 